Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley Show. Today, my guest is Mike Deary. Mike is running for a school board here. April 4th is the actual election day in Wisconsin Rapids. And we're here to talk to Mike about what he thinks is going on here, how we can work together. He worked in uh, locally for 43 years. He's a senior journeyman mechanic. He raised a family with kids and grandkids and great grandkids. He's been married for 41 years. Mike cares about our kids in the community and their future. He has shown community organized skills. He works well with others. Mike's a member of Toastmasters. And on Mike's card, I've read he will fight for no increase in taxes for senior citizens. I hope for all of us citizens. The recent increases in the budget have not helped our students. It's been wasteful money. We must listen to taxpayers and become better stewards of their money. And I totally agree with that. So welcome to the show today, Mike. I just want you to introduce yourself and say why you're running, and then we'll get into some of the information. Well, good morning, Cheryl. Thanks for having me on. The reason I'm, I'm running for the school board position here is because after having gone to the school board meetings for almost three years now, and basically being just ignored for the most part, a friend of mine told me, if you want to make change, you have to get involved. There was a point here a couple of years ago that I decided to get on board and, and run for the school board position to make a difference in our kids' lives. Again, this year I'm running, and I'm sure I'm going to probably get on board this year. We certainly hope so. Uh, you've been working very hard, I know. So some of the things that I wanted to bring up is I know that the information that I've seen that you've put out and that I've found has been that we see the test scores and safety in schools. These are two huge issues here in Wisconsin Rapids. We know they're the biggest issues that we're facing the district and we need results, not just saying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. What do you want to accomplish if elected in, let's say, the student achievement part of it? We've seen the declining test scores. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of your ideas? Well, we're, we're basically falling down in our reading achievements in our kids from third through eighth, eighth grade, and they're reading way below their class level. So we need to focus that. We need to spend some time and effort, possibly bring in some reading specialists to, to cover in these areas without reading, which involves everyday life. These children, if, if they can't read, they have to go forth in life with a disadvantage, and it's just not acceptable. So basically, you're saying that if you're elected, that you want to maybe request K through three grade levels would increase their reading during the day? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. I think there, this is such an important area that we need to focus. We need to double at least what we're doing in the classroom. Maybe have to put some other things aside temporarily, but this is a major building block in our education. We, it'd be a good idea if we could possibly look into making a bonus for our, our teachers that can help move this forward and show the results we need to see in, in these areas. I think that's a great response. I think teachers would respond to that very well too. I also noticed one thing that was on your uh, information on your Facebook page that talked about uh, the, my pledge to parents, which I think is fantastic. This goes into transparency, that parents should always be aware of what is going on in schools and how it impacts their children. And there's a lot more information on there. Then safety, students should feel comfortable being at school and parents should have complete confidence leaving their children at school each day. And curriculum, we need to get back to basics of education, ABCs and one, two, threes. I think this is a very important piece of, of information that you can pass on to parents and to to even teachers and to community people because it's so important. These three things, transparency, safety, and curriculum are three of the largest issues that are happening here. So let's move into the safety part of it and talk a little bit about that. We know there's behavioral issues. It's been in the newspaper. It's been in the news. You have the data that proves that this is happening. And, and this year, it's changed a little bit in the middle school. They did implement a new program, but it still is still major offenses that are happening. A few every month. Recently, we received open records requests that said there have been 14 children children expelled from our schools from September through February the 15th. And this is something that then again, those children won't be educated. So it kind of is a shocking information to us. So let's talk a little bit about what you think you can do about safety. Well, that's a good question, Cheryl. You know, our, we have data that, that shows from Rams school, how many incidents 
they had in 21-22, there was 3,946 incidents at Rams and the police were involved in 54. And in the same year at Lincoln High School, where there's over 4,400 issues by 700 students and the police had to respond to 40 of those. These problems are ongoing and we, we really don't have a handle on them yet. Here's an idea. Why don't we form an ad hoc committee involving our local police, community leaders, students, and parents to help come up with viable solutions. Although the district has policies in place, they aren't effective and they need to be updated to and revised to address these concerns. There was a new program put in place this year at Rams, and time will tell if it's effective in resolving some of these issues. The district has to stay on top of this and make sure students are safe. Many kids don't want to even go to the restroom by themselves. Again, this is unacceptable. This, this has to change. We have to find answers and solutions to this problem. I agree. You talked about maybe an ad hoc committee. Really a good idea. I've always liked the thought of um, ad hoc committees. They are very helpful in bringing lots of people together from the whole community, and it does help with students being involved too. They're the ones that are living through this. Parents as well, and it has been very tough. I've seen some of the uh, incidences that people have had. It's very, very shocking what's happening here in our community to um, see what was going on in Lincoln High School this year too, and there's still major offenses happening there too. I think September through December was 177 major incidences with 2,663 incidences all together. Now, some of those are truancy and all. I've heard people saying that there's some misinformation out there. That is not true. Anything that you hear on this podcast or that you have seen on uh, Concerned Citizens of Rapids Facebook page is true. The information was obtained through open records request, which is available to every citizen. You can open records for information that the school does not maybe release automatically. You can find out all this stuff. Um, you just have to have the time and the ability to do so. And I encourage you to do that as a taxpayer and citizen. Let's talk a little bit about the ESSER funding because I've heard a lot about mental health. I think there's a lot of questions out there about mental health. And when we broke down the uh, ESSER funding, which we, we obtained actually online, the information, it's a K-12 COVID relief funding. That's what ESSER funding is, is basically COVID relief funding. And our district received $7,082,465. And so far, there's still $3,788,795 that's unallocated. What I saw here for mental health services was a total of about $155,000 and 58000 of that was for private vendors. I'm not sure if that means the gaggle therapy because I did hear that in a school board meeting that they accepted gaggle therapy. The other social emotional behavior and intervention support was about 95000 and then some curriculum for 600 The mental health issue I think a lot of people are concerned about and I think part of that comes from what kids experienced during COVID not being in school and then the whole masks thing and, and we don't want to really go into any of that because it's, it's gone. In my book, 2020 is over. The test scores have been going down since way before. I mean, 2015, even before that. We just did data way back. We got the forward exams and all that information. But let's just hit on what you think about the mental health in our school district. You know, you're not on the board yet. It's really hard for you to say this is what we can do because you have to work together with a full board and hopefully they'll all be open to all the suggestions out there. Kind of wonder what your thoughts are on that. Well, at the present, we have seven school psychologists and four social workers within our school system. Now, I'm not sure because I'm not on the board yet, but I don't know if the monies that we have left over here from the ESSER funds are being actually fully utilized in, in these areas. I would hope that we could utilize some of those funds and we need to stay on top of this. Yes, you know, like, like Cheryl was mentioning, we have $3,788,795 left in these ESSER funds, which will run out, in, I believe, in 24. So we need at this point to make a decision and start allocating some of these funds 
ones directly for those issues. Can't wait any longer because things continue to get worse. It's time to get on board and get some of these problems solved. Okay, well, now let's move on to talking a little bit about the differences between you and other the other candidates. There's four candidates total. One candidate that I know of has been on the school board since 2007, and he's currently sits as the president. I'm not going to attack anybody officially or anything, but I do like to make sure that we talk about the contrast between candidates. That's very important to do. One thing that I see with people that have been on a board for that long, 16 years, they become complacent. They can become a rubber stamp for the administration and they don't mix well with parents. And I know that there was a lot of heated things that went on during COVID information. Parents were very upset about it and so were the community. You got to reach out to the community to build a much needed relationship. From what I've understood, Mr. Krings seems to think that the district is doing fine and well. Now, I know you have data that proves differently. I would like to have you maybe hit on some of that data that's been going on since he's been on the board. And that would be maybe a good point. And maybe just pick a couple of things, third grade, what they're reading at or our budget, because I do believe that they complain about the funds too. And maybe the state's not bringing the funds in, but that's not true either. The budget has continued to go up and so is hiring employees and we have 22 administrators here. So there's a lot of information there that's through at you, but you know it. Let's just have you go over maybe some of the incidents, some of the problems that have faced our district on our kids. And that's probably the most important. Again, the statistics that we have that we're using, they were all came from the DPI and or open records requests. Just looking at some of the data here, in 2015 and 2016, our, our third graders were only at a 45.9% proficiency. Uh, 2021, that dropped from that 45.9 to 30.1. That's a 15.8% drop. The same issues go down through all our grades through fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Every instance from 2015, 16 onward, there's just tremendous drops in our academic scores. This is what really got me involved to begin with. This is alarming. We're trying to build our citizens, our children, our, our society for tomorrow. And certainly with these kind of test scores, what's this mean for our society down the road? We've got to do a much better job at taking care of business here and, and educating our children. With that 30% percentile in 2021, that means, and this is shocking, that 70% of our kids are not reading on grade level. That's just an astounding figure. And I don't know how we've gotten to this point now. 10 years to get here. There again, we need to address this and own this. And especially people that maybe don't want to believe this, they need to wake up and actually understand what's going on. I agree. Agree. I moved here in this community in 2020 during the COVID years, witnessed some astonishing information at the time. That's when they passed a referendum, which I'm not against passing referendums if they're necessary. This one was, I believe, unnecessary. The safety in the schools was the necessary part of it. I totally agree with that. We need the safety in the schools. We need to make sure that people are seen before they come in the doors, things like that. When it comes to athletic fields, I'm just not really, kids weren't even in school then. So I wasn't really in favor of that. I'm new to the area. It does shock me as a former school board member of two-term school board member shocks me that our kids in third grade are not, the 70% of them are not reading at grade level. That to me seems stunning. And if we don't catch them young, and if you can't read, then you're just not going to be successful. That is something to point out. And this is the, the point, you know, when you said that, one of the things that, that people need to remember is, you know, when we make mistakes, own it. Say, I made a mistake. Ask for forgiveness. Ask, say, hey, I see we're not going in the right direction here. And you can't just blame it on disadvantage. You can't blame it on people moving out of 
the area because that is not true. People are not moving out of the area. People are moving into the area. I mean, there are people that move in here, but they're yanking their children out of the schools because they don't feel safe. It was shown on a survey that was done in the schools at the beginning of this year. We've lost a lot of kids in our district and declining enrollment is huge. And when you have declining enrollment, but you have an increase in the budget, eventually you're heading for a financial cliff. Let's move on to the other candidate who is running that was affiliated with the schools as well. This candidate is Kathy Stebbins Hintz. She was the assistant curriculum director beginning in 1998. Then she became the full-time curriculum director. In a huge way, she owns what, what has happened to the kids in this district, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Distinct difference in accepting responsibility for choosing the failed curriculum through 22 years. That's what I, I guess I look for is responsibility. Accept it. Own it. Say, I'm sorry. We need to look at other information. We need to find out what happened. There's some reading curriculum that she did bring here that was tied to the Lucy Calkins that has been proven to not be a very good program at all. And there's a lot of information out there. Look it up. It really does not matter how educated you are in the academia world. It does not make every decision you make the best. When you make a bad choice for curriculum and you need to see that by measurable test scores over years, you should certainly make the changes necessary to help the children. You can be loved in a district as a former teacher, administrator, and even a curriculum director, but it doesn't make you the greatest candidate for school board. What I just said right there is from me. This is Cheryl saying that. This is not Mike saying that. Mike, I just want you to kind to maybe hit on the fact of what the difference, that's what I like, is a contrast. You have not sat on the school board yet, but you have witnessed overseeing school board meetings for the last couple years, three years, that you've been attending, I mean, basically monthly, which is a lot. And you've witnessed what has happened on the school board. If Kathy Stebbins-Hintz is elected in place of you or, let's say, Chris, Enda, what happens to our kids? That's what I'm concerned about. And maybe she's coming in with a good heart. I don't know that. When I read some of the information over the last four or five months that I've seen, and then I I've gone through um, a lot of open records requests that are not very pleasing. And when I look at the curriculum, it tells me everything I need to know. So the voters need to know that there's a distinct difference between you and her. And your difference is I, obviously that you want to make a change for the kids. And I think she has made a change for the kids. And that's my opinion again. There again, the change that she made, like Cheryl had said, she owns this the situation we're in. And you can't just sit and beat a dead horse on this. We, we need to move on and create a, a stronger foundation for the kids in school. My vision is when you work at something, you have to sit back and do a self-evaluation to see, are you being effective? Are you making progress with what you're trying to attempt? I was a mechanic for many years. Being a mechanic, there is no soft area, I would guess, to say, if what you're doing isn't working, you need to stop, recognize the fact that you're not accomplishing your goal in that area, and move forward and do what is necessary to reach those goals. And that's the difference between me and Kathy. I would never have, through these last 10 years, without making some positive changes, we shouldn't be, we should not be in this situation, period. There should have been uh, evaluations of the school board members, the superintendent, the curriculum, and address any shortcomings that we're experiencing. I'm a person that's goal-driven. I'm data-driven. I'm a problem solver. I'm there to get things done. I'm only human too. So if I should make mistakes, I certainly want people to let me know and we'll make course corrections. We're talking about our children here. This is our most valuable asset in life. And we certainly got to do the best we can for them. And if there's personal issues or uh, curriculum issues that we need to address, certainly we have to go down that road. You know, the parents in their community, they need to they need to have their trust in the school board. They need to be able to trust our faculty and staff and trust our curriculum. It's important that we feel we're all working together to help our kids grow to their full potential and are being provided a foundation for a successful future. The My pledge to parents, which I hope you're going to be passing out. I know that you're going to be at the League of Women Voters Meet the Candidate at the library this 
week on Wednesday, five to six. They will have tables set up and you can talk to the candidates there. Mike will be there. And under the curriculum part and, and actually under all of it, transparency, safety, curriculum, there's a, a paper that they will be passing out that I know he has copies of. And this is kind of that my pledge to parents. Overall, our goal should be to ensure students receive an enriching education that helps them to develop into well-rounded, productive individuals. We all have a stake in their success because the students of today are the generation of tomorrow. That says a lot. And I know here we need vision, mission statements. We need measurable goals, smart goals. And once you have those in place, then you can really see where we go. I'm hoping the best this time. So let's talk a little bit. I'm going to just say, you know, I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to end with. You can. I know you have also an interview coming up this afternoon. That's with the Wisconsin Rapids Community Media, and they'll be getting that out. And there's questions on there that I know you're going to be answering, which is good. And people should listen to that. They should take the time. Be informed on every candidate that's running and choose the candidate that stands by your values. And I think if you do that, you will be choosing Mike Deary. And I want to say voting. Early voting starts March 21st and goes through April 2nd. You can get hold of your municipal clerk's office anytime. You can ask for an absentee ballot. I think the date goes through the 30th of March, if I'm not mistaken. You can register up to the 31st of March. If you are not registered to vote, you can get hold of your clerk's office and you can register. And then, of course, one of the most important days not to forget is April 4th. The polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So you can't have an excuse for not being there, especially with all this early voting and absentee ballots and all this other information. We're all getting used to absentee ballot applications and absentee ballots, too. So if you need to have any of that information, get hold of Mike. Mike, you, you can end up here with whatever you'd like to and then maybe say where people can reach you if you have social media or something else. OK, so I think that's it on the voting part of it. And we'll move on and let Mike have a little say and then we'll close it out. Well, thanks, Cheryl. Uh, again, there's uh, this coming Wednesday, a meet and greet at the Wisconsin Rapids McMillan Library. Hope you can all come down for that. I'm doing an afternoon interview with Joe Bachman that you'll probably be able to see on, I think, Channel 3 or Channel 4. I'm doing a questionnaire that, that I'm going to be answering for the River City Times. It'll be coming out on, on the 29th. Certainly, we're going to be knocking on people's doors, so you probably might see me coming at your door. I have a Facebook page. It's Mike Deary for 2023 Wisconsin Rapids Public School School Board so I can be reached there. Just want to tell everybody to get out and vote. Your, your vote makes a difference and thanks for your support. Thank you, Mike. And I wish you the best of luck. We're going to close today. Uh, thank you for listening to the Cheryl Shirley Show. You can find us on all different podcast hosting. You can find us at uh, our website, which is uh, slabar.com podbean.com. Easy to find. If you'd like more information, you can reach out. You can make comments. I have a blog. My blog is posted on the Concerned Citizens of Rapids uh, Facebook page. And I thank you so much for listening. And we've got to make some changes here. Einstein, keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. 16 years serving is, honestly, I appreciate the fact that he served that long. That's very nice of him and dedicated, but it's time to uh, have some new people get on the board that we can maybe change a trajectory. Jeez, that might be a word I have to take out of there. <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> so I wish you the very best and thank you so much for even putting your name on the ballot because that's not easy either. I appreciate all that you're doing. So thank you every candidate out there. Honestly, I do appreciate everything you're doing because I do know it's not easy. So I thank you very much and have a good day and make sure you get to the polls by April 4th. Thank you. Thank you.